Hello, and welcome to this week's ex- episode of Branching Out. My name is David Lopez, and today I am joined with Kenny White, who's the owner and operator of St. Patrick's Rattlesnake and Rabbit Fencing Solutions. Kenny, thanks so much for joining me today on Branching Out. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So, Kenny, we're nearing the end of snake season here. Talk a little bit about when snake season would typically wrap up and and what are some of the factors that lead to snake season starting and ending? Um, Typically, it starts in April, um, you know, when the, the rain stops and the temperature comes up, you know, to the 80s to the 90s. Um, and you're running usually till about the end of October because you have more snakes that are being born in September usually. And it also depends on the weather a lot. Um, you know, five years ago we were in a drought, you know, I was working all the way through to December and taking two weeks off in January and then going back at it again, just because we didn't have the rainfall and the cooler weather. So, um, Typically, though, it's going to end in October, and they'll go into hibernation. All right. And uh, I was interested to learn that you do uh, the fencing solutions. That's particularly your area of expertise. And when did you get into this line of work, and how long have you been doing it, and what what led you to it? Um, the prior owner of St. Patrick's, God bless him, Ruben Chavez, um, he started the company 18 years ago. Uh, he used to work for a pest control company. and um, so he his that owner of that company was leaving the state and so they got a call one time to keep some rabbits out and so that's how they started it they were like how do we keep the rabbits out and they figured out to use the quarter inch wire fencing that we use um digging it into the ground six to eight inches and you know you either tie it or screw it to the fence depending on the material that you're working with um and so they started doing that, and then years later, um, I met Ruben um, through our fellowship and in 2013 or 2012, um, started doing it with him, um, liked it because I get to work with my hands, and I'm outside, and I'm at a different house typically, you know, every other day or every day, and, and I enjoyed it, you know, and it was... Um, it's it's good exercise. It's it helps keep people safe. Um, you know, I like that because I have two kids of my own, and when I started, they were younger, and and that kind of hit home with me because I was thinking, you know, what would I do if, you know, how would I protect my family? And um, not a lot of people know what to do, um, and so we, you know, that's how it's. I've been doing it for ten, eleven years now. And just really enjoy it. So, so we were talking a little bit earlier about some of the behaviors that snakes have that you've noticed and seen over your time doing this. And you were sharing with me about their vision and, and kind of break that down for our listeners of, of where they might see them in their day-to-day life around their house. Okay. Um, typically, uh, well, snakes, rattlesnakes, and, and most snakes in general, they don't see that well. So they use their tongues and their sense of smell um, is attached to their tongues, if you will. Um, so when they're spitting their tongue out, it's they're really trying to get a sense of where their food source is, right? Mm-hmm. So they're following that scent. And they like to be covered, you know, so that they're not out in the open. It doesn't mean they're not going to go out and sun themselves. But when they're traveling along, they typically 
like to tap along the foundations of people's houses or um, if they have bushes over the sidewalk areas and the sidewalk is, is, has a raised edge, they're going to go along that edge to find, you know, to go to where the food source is. And, and that's kind of how it works. And most people, you know, they find them in their garages and stuff like that because they have bushes on the corners, which is a shaded protected area, right? You can't see them. They're not out in the open. But it, like I said earlier, it almost seems like they know where the doors are, where the, you know, garage doors are or the sliding glass doors. People have the raised um, ledges. To step out of your sliding glass door, they'll be right underneath that. And so when they're doing that, you know, that's, they're trying to find a way into the food source is what they're Well, and it's interesting because I think, and, and the point that I was making to you is so many times on social media, we see people who are leaving their house and, oh, I saw this guy. And it's usually, like you said, right by a door, front door, back sliding door or, or what have you. So snakes seem to be pretty consistent in their behavior. Yeah, exactly. It's because of the smell. I mean, if you think about it, like we were talking earlier about the, the your garage, you store a lot of stuff in there. You might have dog food in there. You might have a refrigerator mm-hmm. in there. You might have, you know, whatever you're storing, dry goods or whatever, they're going to smell that, you know, and, and know that, that there's something in there that they can eat. Or you might have a mouse in there that you don't know about, mm-hmm. right? Because you they scurry off and you you don't ever see it, but it's going to go get that mouse, right? Sure. You know, sure. so. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about kind of some of the snakes you've seen while you've been out on calls. And, and, and you were sharing a story with me earlier about um, a snake you found, you guys found recently while you were doing a job. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the wildest snakes you've ever seen. Um, well, this last one was in Pacific Palisades and um, an older client, um, I also, you know, service my own clients, go back and do repairs, and, and most people know this. Um, anyways, we were coming back on a service call. I haven't been to her house for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted me to tighten things up because the gardeners were trimming stuff back. And anyways, one of my workers out back was, I told him to check the area because the fence was on the outside, our snake fencing was on the outside of their fence. So to do it properly, he had to go outside the back. And and when he came up the hill, there was this black and gray rattlesnake. And it was about probably about 33 inches long. It was an eight-year-old male. But which was weird, it was the first one that I've seen that really adapted to the environment of where he was at because they had the gray concrete finish and and there was other... um, black and gray blocks that were out there. So it it changed its color to adapt to the environment because it was hard for me to find them. Even when I went back there, we knew where it was and I was moving blocks, but it blended in so well that it, it amazed me because yeah. I was like, I was just looking right there and, it, you know, and I didn't see it until I moved some more blocks and then he started making noise and I found him. And trying to get him was a little bit of a job. But, yeah, he was an eight-year-old uh, male, you know, about 33 inches long. And we got to grab her and were able to, you know, take him down the hill, mm-hmm. you know, and, and let him go. Um, but also, you know, I had to patch a hole. It just so happened that the gardeners had pulled the fence away from the that area. Mm-hmm. And he was like a foot away of where he could have went into their yard. Mm-hmm. and 
you know, got in. So, well, and 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 just to be clear with the story, you said you were outside of the property that you had serviced. It's, you weren't. You didn't find this beyond the gate that you had installed, correct? No, no, yeah. yeah. So it was you had still gone out. He was the, still outside, yeah. which is very important, but also. Um, you know, people don't walk their fence line every sure. day, right? So the gardeners are working, everybody, you know, they're not trying to damage stuff. Or you have animals that might, um, you know, chew on the fence or something, or the trees grow and yeah. push and make holes. You know, I try to tell people to keep their bushes trimmed up and everything sure. so they don't split the wire. But that's why we do the maintenance is to come back and I walk every, you mm. know, line of the fence but I also tell people, you know, if there's something that's damaging their wrought iron fence or, you know, I make suggestions so that they can correct those issues as well. Sure. But other snakes that I've come in across usually are are the brown um, brown and tan mm-hmm. looking one, typical. Um, you know, uh, I've, I have pictures of, of an encounter of a king snake that actually... Wow was strangled to death, unfortunately, because king snakes are territorial. But we were working in the yard, and the rattlesnake, we spooked the rattlesnake. It made noise. We didn't know the king snake was in the yard. Came racing across the yard and tied it up into a knot and strangled it to death right in front of us. Wow. And I have pictures of that. And it was just, I was amazed that, you know, I was like, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I was like, that. oh, my God. You know, what are the odds of two snakes being in this yard at the same time? You know, I've never had that. And then for one to be so territorial that it comes over and takes care of the other snake, it was just, it was mind-boggling. Wow. Um, and, and and then so after that, you, and you mentioned this earlier, the removal process, if you do come across them in that way where you can safely remove them, just taking them down open space or how are you typically handling that part of Yeah, if I can walk them off, uh, you know, let's say I'm at the end of a cul-de-sac working on a house, but it, it butts up to a mountain range, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'll, I'll walk the snake up the hill and let it go back into the environment, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm putting the fencing in to keep them out, you know, and, I, and usually um, there hasn't been too many situations where, you know, um, Doing the fence, there was only one time that I can think of that I actually couldn't put it in the ground. It was one yard where I it was volcanic rock, and we had to stack rocks on top of the fence to keep it down because I couldn't dig. But most of the time, you know, I can keep, I can close people's yards down. Mm-hmm. So walking them in back into the environment, you know, they can go in another direction totally, um, you know, and I don't have to kill them because sure. I really would not like to do that yeah. um, uh, at all, period. But if not, I'll put them in a tote sure. or a bucket and drive them off somewhere. If there's, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's not an area that I don't feel safe for the neighbor next mm-hmm. door or there's not open range, then I got to drive it somewhere, pull over, walk it out there and drop it off. Sure. Um Kind of, I want to talk about snake behavior. I think something that people enjoy doing around here a lot is enjoying our open space that we have around oh, here yeah. and going out on hikes. And snakes are a big part of what you see easily half of the time out of the year. And like you said, in years, we've been in a drought recently. 
where it was warmer. You saw them most of the calendar year. You'd see them or see the tracks or evidence of them. Um, so I kind of want to talk about kind of their behavior and how we can be safe around them. Um, what's what are some, what's some advice you would give to somebody if they come up on a snake on a trail that's spread out and and just and just sunning at that point? What what how should somebody handle that situation? Okay. Um well, on a trail like that, if if there's another option to maybe take the trail to the right or something, you know, they could do that. You just don't want to antagonize them, mm-hmm. right? Um especially when they're kind of dormant like that, they're just relaxing, you know, they're not uh, in attack mode, I guess is how I would put it. But I would just, you know, you got to leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You know, either if there's a way that you can walk around the snake, you know, a good distance, 10 feet away or something like that, not to get them agitated, um, you could do that. Or I, I would just turn around and go back to maybe a different trail Mm-hmm. But you you need to be aware of that, obviously, because everybody thinks rattlesnakes make noise all the time. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I've been on estimates where I've moved a garbage can, okay, and the rattlesnake didn't make a sound. Go get my grabber out of the truck, come back, still sitting there, still didn't make any sounds. And I grabbed it, and the lady, you know, kind of freaked out and went and got me a bucket to put it in to haul it off, right? But the whole time, it never even, even when I had it grabbed in the grabber, it never made a peep, mm-hmm. you know. And so people need to understand that. It's like they're getting smarter that they they know if they make noise that they're going to scare stuff off or, you know, I don't know the reason why for mm-hmm. that. But it just seems like they they don't always make sounds and they could be coiled up and ready to go and you're not even going to know it. Mm-hmm. So the main thing is, you know, Always be aware of your surroundings. Be able to see where you're putting your feet, especially if you're hiking on a trail. You know, maybe have, um, so I've seen people with golf clubs or whatever, or you can buy a grabber, a snake grabber, and mm-hmm. just walk with it, you know. And if you can't see the area, you need to poke in the bushes first, you know, and then walk through, you know, even if you're at your house. Yeah. You don't ever stick, I tell my guys, don't ever stick your hands in leaves unless you know you've cleared that area first, like if it's under bushes along the fence, because you never know what's in there. And and, and if you do come across a snake that is coiled, that is a warning sign, yeah. correct? Yeah, because yeah. that's how they strike. They coil up, they use the the latter third of their tail is, is what helps them spring forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And you don't know how far, right? Because yep. you really can't tell how big that snake is. I mean, you can see how fat it might be, but you don't know how long it is. So mm-hmm. if it's a four-foot snake, it might jump out you, you know, two and a half feet. But you don't know that if it's all coiled up. So mm-hmm. typically, you just, uh, you know, like I said, you want to back away, keep your eye on the snake. Um, if it's in your yard and you're with somebody, sure. make sure someone stays behind and keeps an eye on the snake, right? But at a safe distance, because I don't know how many times, you know, I've heard stories where people saw the snake and, um, you know, they go to to call the the fire department or whoever, or even to go get a shovel, and they're um, 
the snake's gone when they come back, right? Because mm-hmm. they both left. But if someone stays there and looks and watches, mm-hmm. you know, they'll... Because it almost seems like the snake knows, okay, they saw me, I have to leave and go hide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of weird. It's, I, you know, I think it's funny, but not funny, funny. Sure. It yeah. just, it just seems like they know, yeah. you know, they know what to do. And so, you know, if that happens, um, you know, you just make sure someone keeps an eye on it. If, if a child educate your children, sure. you know, show them pictures of different types of snakes on the internet so they know and learn the difference. You know, um, and I tell that to my customers that have young kids. I said, don't be afraid to teach them what they might come across because it's going to help them. It's a really good point because we, I, ha- I have a two and a half year old and the reptile room is one of the places I love taking him to at the Moorpark College Zoo. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because I, he will see snakes in his life and I want him to be familiar with them. I grew up with a phobia of snakes massively. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just want him to understand what he's seeing and to respect them and, and, and to, he's going to, he, yeah, he's going to see them and, and he, I'd rather him be aware of them and familiar with them as opposed to, you know, scared because he's on, he hasn't seen these things before. Right. You, you know? know, and there is a purpose for snakes. I yep, mean, you know, they eat bugs and mice and rats. I mean, you know, um, you know, it's just the rattlesnakes happen to be poisonous, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. You don't want them in your yard and, you know, you don't want anybody to get hurt. But, you know, we also don't want to kill all the rattlesnakes, you yeah. know. Um, there's an ecosystem, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, you know, it's, you got to keep, how safe do you want to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want to keep your family safe? Do you want to keep your pets safe? You know, do you have a pool in the backyard where people are going to come over and visit? You know, um, there's been many times in the in the round uh, little filter area. Um, I've seen pool guys come many times, and there's been a rattlesnake in the in that area where they pulled the lid up, and it's mm-hmm. just hanging out there because once again it went in to get water, and it's tapped its way all the way around the pool to that little opening, and that little filter area isn't as deep as the pool so they can sit with their tails on the bottom and keep their head out of the water unbelievable right yeah it's unbelievable. And so yeah and so that they they don't a lot of people think that snakes don't swim but they can you know they're not going to s- swim forever yeah right everybody's going to get tired but when they tap along like they do and they find that little opening they hang out in there because you know their tails yeah. can touch the ground that's unreal never would have thought of that um but, you know what, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions about snakes are? That they're all bad, you know, yeah. that, uh, you know, they're just mean and nasty. And, and a lot of times, you know, they're not, you know. I And like you, I had a little phobia when I first started doing this job because when I was a kid, um, we had show and tell at school. Mm-hmm. And we were in the library. Someone brought a snake. Well, my last name's White, so I'm at the very end. Mm-hmm. So everybody petted the snake, and then when I went to go pet it, it bit me on my index finger. Okay. And so I, it was attached to my finger, so I flicked it, right? And they're like, oh, help us look for the snake. And I'm like, no, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. But that memory yeah. of a bad experience 
it made me kind of nervous when I first started this job. And, yeah. and Ruben helped me get over that fear. You know, he if we came across snakes, he would pick them up, you know, like a king snake or something. And he'd hand it to me. He's like, look, you got to learn, yeah. you know, that they're not all bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, and I learned that and I've gotten more comfortable with it, you know, and, and snakes do have a purpose, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you find a king snake in your yard, that could be your best friend because it's very territorial and mm-hmm. they kill rattlesnakes. Yeah. So, and they eat mice and rats and, yeah. you know, so. We, I, the way I actually wound up getting over my phobia um, was I was out on a hike once and uh, a snake, I couldn't, I didn't identify, I didn't stick around long enough to find out what it was. He was going up the trail as I was going down the trail. And I didn't see him until I stepped right next to him. But the snake just kept going on its merry way, yeah. and it, it got my adrenaline up. And but I realized, oh, they they don't really want anything to do with us either, right? You know that he he did his thing and I did my thing, and you know we can all coexist. And it's for me that for how I was finally able to face my fear and, and get over it was just being put in a situation where that happened again. So yeah, yeah. well, it's yeah. you know it's kind of like us, you know, if someone's sitting there poking you on the shoulder over and over it's you know it's going to irritate you to the point where you're like you know knock, knock it, it off. off yeah right sure so you know same thing with snake uh if if they feel like they have no way out mm-hmm. you know and you're being aggressive then yeah they're going to defend themselves mm-hmm. you know because they know they know that we're bigger than them mm-hmm. right you know and and they can sense that because most of the snakes are going to try to eat something that they think that they can eat, mm-hmm. right? And so they might bite you to protect themselves because they feel that they have to, you know, to get away, mm-hmm. right? Defense mechanism. Sure. So, you know, yeah, typically if, you know, and sometimes they'll, you know, smell us coming before we even see them. Yeah. So, you know, like racer snakes and stuff and other snakes that I've come across, you know, they're... They're already moving the opposite direction, like you said, yeah. you know, and I have to try to catch them to get them out of the yard. But, you know, they're already like, hey, I'm out of here, you know. Yeah. I, so, so uh, Kenny, I, I've enjoyed our conversation very much. Um, and before I let you go, I do want to let you clear the air. You did mention to me that your business had kind of been in a little uh holding pattern there for a little bit so but you're you're fully back now so let's just give you a chance to um yeah just make sure everyone knows you're fully operational again yeah at this point. so the old number is now back on okay um i got that from ruben ruben and i are, are really close friends and so just with the state and everything getting switched over we had to shut the phone down for a while and people you know may have given up or whatever and thought that we went out of business but it was a matter of me getting licensed and bonded and insured and and I got the old phone number back, which I felt was really important because we have a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. We probably have like over I've probably done like six, seven hundred yards yeah. at least, if not more, in ten, eleven years. So people can call that number, mm-hmm. you know, the seven six zero Eight zero seven nine eight oh five area code. So you, yeah, yeah. Okay. and they can call that number, and and if I don't answer, there's a message on there with my voice and stuff. Uh, also, Pat, our secretary, she retired. God bless her too. So it's kind of me and my own. But um, yeah, if they leave a message with their name, address, phone number, 
Um, you know, I'll get back to them, schedule a date if they want me to do a walk around or maintenance, or maybe they need some fence, you know, redone, you know, mm -hmm. um, I do that too as free estimates. Um, so yeah, I would appreciate, you know, and I apologize. I do that. It, it was kind of just got dropped off, but you know, I thought it was going to be faster process sure. than it was, but you know, when you're dealing with different agencies and everything else, yeah. they, they're not in a hurry when you are, yeah. <laughs> so to yeah. speak, Yeah. but yeah, no, we're up, up and going and, and, uh, you know, I would just wanted to let everybody know and, and apologize that there was kind of no notice for me to send out or anything and just all happened at once. So, All right, Kenny. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and joining us on Branching Out. And um, thanks for having me. Talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks.